Welcome to the latest edition of City Parents Life. I'm Anna Richards, Head of Communications and Marketing at City Parents. Today I'm speaking to James Riley, a partner in the pensions practice at KPMG, and Letty Gibbs, a business manager in the Corporate Tax Compliance and Transformation Division, also at KPMG. James and Letty recently took part in KPMG's Black Heritage Reverse Mentoring Scheme and have kindly agreed to chat to me about their experience. James, Letty, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's start by hearing a little about each of you. Letty, please tell our listeners a little about yourself. Hi everyone, so I joined KPMG in 2010, so I can't believe it's almost been nine years already. I joined as an experienced hire, but I had recently just finished university, had worked for 18 months in a small consultancy firm and joined as a business analyst in a technology team. So throughout my nine years, I've done a couple of roles at KPMG. I've recently now become a business manager in GCT, as you mentioned earlier. Outside of my day-to-day jobs, I also get involved with inclusion and diversity initiatives, such as being the chair of the Women's Network in London, the reverse mentoring scheme, as we're about to talk about today, and also our Fairer Futures campaign here at KPMG, which focuses on uh, social mobility and inclusion for everyone. That's interesting. Thank you, Letty. James, let's move on to you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, please. So I joined KPMG, interestingly enough, just under nine years ago. I'm a partner in our pensions practice, and I help companies look after the schemes they offer their staff, um, pension schemes they offer their staff. I'm a father of three. I have an eight-year-old boy going on to be a teenager already, a six-year-old girl who can't work out whether she's the world's most helpful child or the world's least helpful child, (laughs) and a four-year-old who this morning was a flamenco fairy when I dropped her off at the child minder. My wife works four and a half days a week, so we juggled the childcare together, and I tend to do drop-off in the morning the easier of the two uh, as everyone tells me and I like to play be as much of a father as I can be um, which can be a bit of a juggle work-life balance so after drop off today I had to do a conference call at Waterloo Station and then brave the um, struggles of the district line I guess probably when you look at it I'm a bit of an integrator in that I probably do conference calls when I should be looking after children look after children when I should be doing work (laughs) Sounds like the perfect balance to me. Brilliant. So we're here today to talk primarily about the Black Heritage Mentoring Scheme. Letty, could you tell us a little bit about it, please? Yeah, sure. So the Reverse Mentoring Scheme was born out of our um, African and Caribbean network. And it's now a, a full mentoring scheme. And the aim of it really is for Black Heritage employees at KPMG to mentor and um, I guess share experiences with some of our leadership so I was part of cohort two I believe I was partnered up with a tax partner um, and we met on a regular basis so I think we met probably every three to four weeks um, and we talked about a various number of subjects so we talked about what it was like to be a black employee at KPMG. I also broadened out and just talked about what it was like to be a black person in general. And we've we've ranged from subjects to water cooler topics that maybe make people feel excluded to fun things like hair and actually going out and trying Caribbean food just because I, I guess for me sharing is the most important thing and experiencing things kind of help people to understand more. So I don't know James if there was anything that you wanted to add 
to that. The only other thing I got experience of is I've never spent an hour discussing drill music. Oh. <laughs> before um, and, and, and the kind of implications on that but that you know it was definitely sort of sharing those experiences I guess I've been um, mentored in cohort two and three and what's interesting in cohort three is my mentor is both black and a Muslim which actually then gives a different perspective again on on the issue and it's kind of interesting to hear that absolutely do you, when you sort of think back over your experience, Letty, if we had um, listeners or you had colleagues or peers or friends thinking about taking part in such a scheme, what would you have any sort of advice for them, any learnings, any takeaways that you took? I think, um, so I, I'm a mentor, so it's quite an interesting scheme because actually, to be honest with you, the majority of the mentors are more junior to their mentees yeah. um, so it's flipping it round on, on its head really because typically the mentoring relationship is done with I guess, well we are the people with experience but normally those people with experience tend to be older or more senior so I guess the first thing that I would say is for both participants to be really open, honest we were given guidance to kind of set um, ground rules from the beginning and if people did feel uncomfortable that was okay we and we talked about the fact that you know the topic the topic of race people tend to feel uncomfortable anyway so it was just to make sure that you both kind of knew when someone was feeling uncomfortable and worked through that so that you could get to a place of of understanding so i'd say be open-minded be honest there has to be an element of trust and an element of empathy. I don't know if that's the right word, but just making sure that, you know, for example, I remember my mentor in particular at the beginning of our relationship was quite worried about saying certain things or, you know, wasn't sure about how to talk about necessarily like black people, for mm. example. And it was just kind of just encouraging her and saying, no, that's OK. And if you make a mistake, that's fine. This is a safe space for you yeah. to, to make a mistake um, because again it's all about learning it's all about making sure that people in the long run feel included so those would be my my small bits of advice it's encouraging each other to have that honest conversation and being brave because I think it's kind of a, a two, the bravery is a two way street one I think for the mentors you're often talking to someone who's very senior and rightly or wrongly you think could influence your career negatively if you if you if you said the wrong the wrong thing or appeared to angry perhaps about about something but also as you you picked up letty is there's the kind of mentee discussing kind of black people and black culture is something that most of us have, have desperately tried to avoid doing <laughs> to avoid causing offense yeah and you know ultimately you know you can get on this whole thing of you then do the whole color blindness thing which is absolutely the worst <laughs> possible thing to do in this situation but it is very difficult and I was talking to one of my team members saying you know calling her a black person is something that only now I think I feel reasonably comfortable in doing and not thinking that might be something that might cause offence or get me in trouble and I guess I've been through two mentoring relationships to get to that point so I, so I think there is this thing of just you know in being encouraging it's a safe space but also people need to be brave and actually honest and try things out yeah one other thing that I was thinking about as well is it's really important to listen and that sounds obvious but I think there are times when when you're in those relationships and 
people will share their experiences with you and it's very easy sometimes to say oh yeah I I relate to that because this happened to me mm-hmm. or really that couldn't have happened and actually just to 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 actually listen and actively listen and and just um take into account that the person is sharing with you some really personal experiences and therefore they're they're not making up or they're not they're not exaggerating what has happened that is how they feel and I think sometimes again with that part of feeling a bit uncomfortable sometimes people can go oh no I know how that feels or actually know um that they probably didn't mean it like that the point of the scheme is actually to learn how people receive things as well and and really understand that um and so again i think that would be a good piece of advice even if you feel that you might have something similar just take a step back and and really hear what the person's saying i think it's about often the weight of your examples you, you say something about race that's really personal to you and then you never come oh i felt something like that but you know one's really really important to you and one other was a, the other person's example is a mild disappointment they had in life or you know you're absolutely right with some of the people's behaviours the, the people have been on the receiving end it's utterly astonishing that people have done have done or said that to them and you're absolutely right, I suspect the person who's done it or said it didn't mean to be discriminatory or do something but somehow they thought that was okay and it, it just, yeah, it is how the person received it mm-hmm. not, you know, what the person saying it intended is the important thing. How did it work practically? What sort of structure surrounded the the scheme at the setup and and throughout? So I think it's been an evolving um, programme and I think that's one good thing about KPMG. We like we're good at trying to like look back at what we've what we've done and how we can improve it and how we can make things different and I know certainly for my cohort we had a session at the beginning kind of set, set the scheme up and then we had, as a group, we got together at various different intervals throughout the year and talked about how we could make things better, what people were experiencing, kind of shared stories amongst mentees and mentors. And sometimes those sessions were together, sometimes those sessions were separately. But we we basically had enough support for us to kind of either support each other or we could go to our inclusion and diversity team and, and speak to them about any kind of things that we wanted to talk about. I know in my cohort we did a lot of brainstorming about what would be good for the, the following cohort and in terms of setting ground rules, I think it really just probably depends on the relationship itself. So our central team did give us like a, a contract that we could use or and gave us some guidance around things that we could set up. I personally didn't use that, that template. I think other people might have used that template. I didn't use that, but myself and my mentee we spent a lot of time really getting to know each other at the beginning and kind of just having that verbal agreement of where we wanted to go and why we were both involved in the in the um in the program so i'd say we've had a lot of support and again even amongst my fellow mentees i feel like i've been able to if i if i don't necessarily want to raise something with the inclusion diversity team i can always go and speak to someone else in my cohort and say guys how do I navigate this or what should I do next sounds like a good supportive 
culture, which is great. Um, Letty, you talked uh, at the beginning about roles you have on various um, networks and diversity groups within KPMG. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and how you think those sort of groups are important in progressing the the, the diversity and inclusion agenda, I suppose, at KPMG. Yep, sure. Um, so, as I alluded to before, um, I chair the Women's Network currently in London. Um, I've been doing that, I think, the last three years now. The Women's Network at KPMG is a, is a big network. It's a national network, so we have various different hubs across the regions. Um, and we also have a national chair who I work really closely with. So for me, um, when I started chairing the Women's Network, I started to look at the events that we were doing for women, how we could support women, and, and also making sure that we um, touched upon the intersectionality. Obviously myself, I'm not just a woman, I'm a black woman as well. And actually I'm from a low social income background, that's my that's my previous economic status, I guess. So for me it was really important to bring all of those things into the network and make people feel included and welcome. And we've done a range of different events. We've done collaborations with the African and Caribbean Network. We've also done events recently on menopause, um, which is before, or probably even now, seen as a bit of a taboo subject, but it is something that affects women. And actually it was it was really quite a powerful event that we did because, one, I guess... It's not normally something you talk about in a corporate space. And two, there was a lot of women who were actually really, really um, happy that 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 the conversation had happened. And and a lot of senior women, actually we had a partner who stood up and actually spoke about her own personal experiences at that event. So those are just some of the stuff that I do on the Women's Network side of things. And then, as I spoke about before, in terms of social mobility, because I've always, since I've joined KPMG, I've always kind of, just got involved with other initiatives outside of my day job. I have recently taken part in what is our Fairer Futures campaign and I was one of the people who, there were a number of employees at KPMG who were interviewed. That interview has been turned into a a video sharing experiences of people at KPMG who might have come from different backgrounds and I guess that that's there to show other employees or show employees that everyone is included at KPMG it's not just one type of person I think historically accountancy firms have the image of people thinking that there's just one type of person who works at an accountancy firm and I for certain have seen the firm change over the last nine years that I've been here and it's really encouraging to see that myself and other people are kind of speaking up and saying look we are here, we do exist, we do have great careers here, you can be supported, everyone's included. Thank you. James, it's a good opportunity to ask you about your your role as a father and how you sort of see that role changing, really. You talked about um, how you and your wife um, obviously both sort of have your careers and, and manage your home lives. How do you see the sort of role of the father changing in this context? So I, so I think the role of the father has changed massively since you know my my parents day in that you know fathers nowadays want to be much more you know someone described it as a dad's their children I think we're getting into a bit of slightly semantic argument there but but spend time with, with with their children I think the bit that needs to evolve and, and, and I'll put my hand up and say I'm a bit guilty of this is it's all very well spending time with your children but there's a whole lot of admin that goes with having children that are, I think, too few fathers really engage with, and therefore still a lot of the heavy lifting 
of children fall, falls on the mother. Um, so, so I think that the next stage I f- really feel for kind of fathers at, to help sort of diversity in the workforce is that fathers need to take more of the kind of admin burden of the household but of their children on and I know that's a, that's a topic that you can see repeated and, and I like to think I've got better but I'm sure there's a long way to go. Letty, I know you're not a parent, but it's be really interesting to hear your perspective as you start to think about your future career and maybe having a family one day. How do you approach some of these topics in terms of parenting and, and careers? So I think at KPMG, in some ways, I'm quite fortunate because I am quite switched on to inclusion, diversity initiatives at KPMG. I think as I reach a time in my life where I at some point we'll be considering having a family. I know that there are various different options available at KPMG. So I know that we have flexible working. I know that there is a parenting network that is very active. Of course, City Parents now as well. And we also have a programme called Empowering Parents, which supports parents who are returning back to work following, um, I guess, the maternity or paternity leave or shared parental leave. So for me, it's something that I guess sometimes I'll probably panic about and think, oh, well, I'm still progressing throughout my career. I'm not necessarily where I want to be. Is this what I really want to do? Because um, I guess once you have a child, you are responsible for that child. Um, <laughs> you, can't, you can't send it back. <laughs> but I think at the same time, I also equally feel supported enough throughout the firm and throughout, I guess, my own personal network to kind of try and navigate um, those I guess, those worries that I might have in the back of my mind. Letty, James, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you both today. Thank you for sharing your experiences with us. And thanks to all our listeners too. If you'd like to find out more about City Parents, please follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram or Facebook or visit us at cityparents.co.uk. And stay tuned for more from City Parents Life coming soon. Goodbye.